0: Hi and welcome to the Circle of Film Podcast, I'm Ryan, and join me as we step into Mani Karnica in today's review episode. I can show you the world, just take a look through my eyes, you gotta a little deeper, it really ain't that far. I might need to do a little background uh, on this movie before I can really talk about it, because This is a Bollywood film. I saw it in theaters yesterday as of this recording, and I honestly went in with the barest of information, the the most minuscule amount, and that is the title, uh, the showtime, and the poster. Uh, If you look it up on Letterboxd or Google or probably wherever, uh, the poster depicts uh, a young woman uh, with a child wrapped to her back, riding a horse, holding a a sword, wielding a sword with blood on it, um, in in very epic action fashion. And this is not the first Bollywood film I, I've seen uh, in theaters. My AMC typically has a lot of of uh, Bollywood Indian Hindi films uh, that they that they show, but I, I don't usually go to a lot of them. Uh, it takes uh, a couple of things to kind of fall into place for that to happen. You know, it needs to be a week where I have A-list uses to go see it. Uh, it needs to be a convenient time. Generally, hopefully the movie is not more than two and a half hours, as a lot of them are quite lengthy. Uh, but this is a situation where the, the poster intrigued me. Uh, you know, a powerful... Uh, capable, talented female lead performance, uh, yeah, I was into that. I, I'm, I'm interested in seeing that. It's a 2019 film, uh, so getting to see a 2019 film fairly early in the year, a foreign language one at that, uh, was it was enticing as well. But, uh, so the experience itself uh, is very interesting. Uh, different because there were, I believe, four disclaimers before the movie began. The first was very, very adamant in how uh, this film takes incredible liberties, very creative, very much a creative license on the actual true story that the film is based upon. The second, con- uh, you know, con- confirming how you know no animals were hurt. Um, man, I don't remember the other two. I, I thought I um sealed those away maybe i didn't uh, da, 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 da. i don't know I, I, there were there were four disclaimers before the movie could even begin the the opening pre-roll of of studios and you know whatever was incredibly long far longer than like the marvel mcu logo crap that we see before all those movies uh, so, which was just different. It, it was just something that struck me about how different uh, this experience was relative to a typical Hollywood blockbuster studio movie. Then we get... Then, then to, before I can really get into the movie, uh, let me try to explain who Mona Carnica was and, and why... Uh, what, what the movie is really about. So, uh, let me see if I can make this quite easy. So, uh, let's see. Mani Karnaka was a warrior queen back in the mid-1800s in India. Uh, she was a queen of the state of Jansi, which is in northern India. And at the time, uh, there was the, uh, the just the the British India, Brit- uh, British people just all in India, all up in them. Um, we've seen there I've seen films before, generally from the English perspective, that depict um, you know Brit- 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 British people in India taking control of it. You know, basically um, colonizing it as as best they can and uh, dictating the direction of the country and and the small facets of the of the country within. So, in the movie and in in real life, British people were the bad people. They were the enemy, and that was the most I don't know refreshing or or silly part of this movie because yes, the villains are white they are very white uh, and also terrible actors. Uh, they do sometimes speak in English but not always and the vo- the, the the dialogue is very stilted, very terrible and uh, it, it really makes you think how how painful is it for someone who's not American or English, who didn't speak English as their first language to watch an English movie, a, a Hollywood movie, that depicts um, Iranian, Pakistanian, uh, Mexican, whatever people? Uh, like I, I, you know, I don't speak those languages fluently, or in most cases at all. So I don't really have a basis other than the subtitles that I read, and the subtitles are generally pretty fa- fine because. You know, they're written in English. But if I was hearing those, if I was understanding those that dialogue in that language, would it come off as very first grade and elementary? Maybe, definitely possible. So, during the time of the film, which is about a period of 30 years or so, from the late 20s to the late 50s in the 1800s, um, we follow the life of Money Carnica, who was born... Um, so, in the film... She was born... Um, with the name Mani Karnika. But... And, but I don't, like, see... She was named Mani Karnika Tambe. And was nicknamed Manu. And she is referred to as Manu throughout the film. Uh, but she would later shortly uh, be married off to uh the king slash I think I think he, I mean, he must have been the king at the time of John C., uh at which point she was given the name of lakshmibai which there are a lot of things in this movie that i I can't possibly understand uh without a detailed understanding of of what uh, Indian culture is, and, and religion, and and their uh, just that their their lifestyle, and I just I'm not familiar enough with it, so I'm sure many things that take place in this movie went completely over my head and and completely missed me. But suffice to say, uh, she is, becomes the queen. She is a warrior. She is hot-headed. Uh, think of her as. Merida in Brave, you know, she wants to do everything on her own, she wants to be active and engaged with the people around her, she cares about the people around her, and uh, completely rebukes uh, the normal society ways of someone in her position. Uh, So I mean that is absolutely great, you know, I think that's awesome. Then we get um, we become more and more aware of the presence of British soldiers in India. They are constantly uh, looking down on the Indian residents, the Indian natives. They are completely, uh, you know, I I wouldn't go so far as to say that they were treating them as uh, Americans treated black people, but uh, that's that's the realm we're in, or or. You know, I, it's not quite to the extent of Germans and Jews during the Holocaust. But that is the realm we are in with this movie. It is an oppressive force. They are there to to um, take control and rule uh, a country. A, an, an enormous country with many, many, many people that uh, wants nothing to do with these these white Colonizers. So, what we end up getting is a tale of Manikarnika, uh, Queen of Jhansi, Lakshmibai, rising up and leading the rebellion, the revolt, um, labeled the Indian Rebellion of 1857. Uh, it started in Meerut and it, it, it continue and it just kind of spiraled and, and continued and the film depicts it and a lot uh, this is sort of the final act of the film but the, it, it's what the film is building up to so uh Arnica, uh the queen of Jhansi the subtitle uh stars Kangana Ranaut probably pronouncing that wrong Ranaut? ranoot I don't know uh she is the primary actress. She plays the titular Mani Karnika. She is, and I wouldn't have known this, but I I guess I would have inferred, but from the fact that, one, she carries the entire movie, uh, two, she's easily the best part of this movie, both from a performance standpoint, from a character standpoint, from an action, visual, any any kind of standpoint. Uh, She is one of the most, one of the highest paid actresses in India. Uh, she is a very brash and honest person, and um, according to articles I most I've very recently read, you know she's won three national film awards and uh, Filmfare awards in four different categories. Uh, she debuted in the film Gangster back in 2006 uh, and has been playing um, been in a ton of movies since then. She has 34 credits on Letterboxd. Uh, she starred as dual roles in the film Tanu Wed's Manu Returns, which is the most successful Bollywood film featuring a female protagonist. Uh, so, I mean, she's she's kind of a big deal. Um, and, and interestingly, you know, this is the only film I've ever seen her in. She, looking at her list of the movies she's been in, has not broken through to American audiences in anything... Even remotely passable as an American film. But I'm very interested to see more movies of hers. Because I thought she was incredibly engaging. And in a film that has very poor CG and green screens. Has poor dialogue and bad pacing and plot. And and, and a lot of bad elements. She was the thing that kept me interested the whole way through. Uh so what I what I really appreciated and liked about this movie it it kind of hybridizes uh Braveheart a lot. It takes a lot a lot of out of Braveheart. It is very much Braveheart and uh Joan of Arc at the same time. She is the leader and and figurehead of her country. She Leads them into battle against a force greater than hers, uh, because she believes that their con- that their people deserve freedom. She is a woman of the people. She defies uh, social status. Uh, she she I don't know, she she's just a fair, just person, and also at the same time can single-handedly you know mow down. Uh, warriors or soldiers British soldiers like they were nothing Uh, some of the best scenes and most visually stunning scenes are her twirling slicing stabbing severing and and gashing white people and I loved it I loved it so much Um, one of my favorite scenes in the movie is her defending the throne in her palace ...from an onslaught of white soldiers. And then the camera kind of pulls away when it, when she's finished. You know, her face covered in blood. Her chest heaving. And easily 25 to 30, 30 dead uh, British soldiers on the ground around her. And it's just wonderful. I, I love it. I loved that so much, you know. The whole time I'm thinking, man, like more movies need white people as the enemy. Uh, Not just in a movie where it's about white people, but in a movie that's not about white people, and white people are the enemy. They are just just so often the enemy. And I think definitely Hollywood and studio cinemas do not reflect the way that this is uh, in the world. Whereas, I would imagine... There are a lot of Indian movies where white people are the enemy, Um, probably not Americans, but uh, more so British, um, Britain, Great Britain, British soldiers, Uh, but yeah, needs to happen more. I loved watching all of them get get sliced down and and killed, it was so good. Uh, On the other hand, as much as I like the action, it's very bloody, it's very gory, for this kind of a movie, uh, there's there's some good action beats in this, but it it does have some issues. There is a moment where Carnica uh, riding a horse uh, with her with her child strapped to her back jumps off a a the battlement of her castle. Uh, palace, fortress, whatever, on the horse. Uh, There's not a good shot of this moment that shows you exactly how high up it was but it's an easy 100 feet. I mean, it's maybe more. And the horse lands and just keeps on going. And she continues to ride it for the rest of the movie. And There are a lot of moments like this, her like leaping from thirty feet to like land on a horse, and like it's not painful, it's not anything. And the the opening of this film stating, you know, we're going to take some creative license, we're going to dramatize some events to you know make them more cinematic. I think there are ways that this could have been made to avoid these these trappings and short shortcomings, but. yeah, it it really does kind of, it's almost so poorly executed that it doesn't take you out of the movie, if that makes any sense at all. You're just kind of like laughing at the audacity of someone to like do this. One of the early scenes in the film is, uh, it shows her, you know, with a, with, with a bow drawn, or with an arrow drawn in a bow, and uh, kind of hunting a tiger. We're not really given a huge amount of context until after the the scene takes place. She, the tiger is is charging towards a goat that they've tied up and and set as a as bait. She shoots the tiger, uh, hits it I think in like just in the back of the head and the neck area, uh, and the tiger goes down. Then it gets up, and it starts charging at her. And everyone's freaking out. There's like an audience. Everyone's freaking out. And, uh... Up until the... Ti- when when she first hits the tiger, I actually thought the, the effects of the tiger were pretty strong. They were not bad. They looked like a real tiger. Sounded like a real tiger. Then it shows this wide shot of her on the right side of the screen and the tiger charging at her from the left. And the stilted... Uh, uh sort of like um, pixelated running that the tiger does. Uh, it's not as bad as I'm probably making it sound, but it's definitely very awkward looking and and most obviously fake. But just watching that it, and it just completely destroys the the authenticity of the scene that didn't really have a ton of authenticity to begin with. And so, and so the, the tiger charges at her, leaps and then collapses, you know, a mere millimeter from her feet uh, as the bow as the arrow that she shot the tiger with was uh, laced with a sedative and that's that's kind of you know that's like the first scene we get with an ad, quote-unquote adult money who is supposed to be I believe 14 at the time uh, but from the t- age of 14 to 30 she looks identical It's one of those. But it's a great way to introduce this character. Because one, clearly she's incredibly proficient. Clearly she knows exactly what she's doing. She's very competent. She knows how to fight. She knows how to survive. She knows how to do all these things. But it also, the style of it also shows like, look, this is what this movie is. And if you're not on board, you're not on board. And and I think, I mean, that's fair. You know, I, I think... La La Land did something similar with Another Day of Sun. Like, look, this is a musical. We are unashamedly a musical. Except it kind of wasn't in the second half of the movie. Uh, So, it's kind of like a barrier to entry. You know, this is what this movie is. And if you're not into it, then uh, too bad. Maybe it's not for you. But, it, it, it just, the movie really was entertaining. It has this wonderful sort of training montage, uh, similar to you know, kid, the kid who would be king, training all of his fellow students at, towards the end of that film, where Karnica is training all the women of her of her, I guess, state in that scene, uh, because the men on their own are not enough they don't even have enough men to to guard the the battlements of this palace and so she she enlists the help of the women and just watching them all and it, it looks great like just hundreds of thousands maybe uh, you know who, who I'm not sure of the scale but all these women you know with a shield with a sword you know going through the motions as a unit singularly strike, block, strike, block turn block strike, strike it it was you know it it felt empowering it felt strong and and I, I I think there's an element of the sort of feeling that I think a lot of people in the United States had of watching, wonder woman you know that was such a there's a reason it made so much money there's a reason that movie that you know people people flocked to it and I, I don't it doesn't sound necessarily like that is exactly what's happening with this in india definitely not here to the at least to the same to the same degree but it, it's still you know, it, it still invokes that response. It invokes that feeling, at least as far as I'm concerned. And I, I really liked that. I really appreciated that. Um. So, all in all, in all I, I have not rec- um ra- rated this yet on my <laughs> spreadsheet. I'm, I feel like I'm always behind when I when I have to talk about it. But I before, but I, I did. I liked it. I don't think it's going to get a super high rating. It's probably going to fall in the forties. But uh, I'm not really a big fan of Bollywood movies. This one does have some musical interludes, and they weren't they weren't bad. They weren't bad at all. Uh, I thought they were actually nice and and helped the pace and uh, broke up uh, some of the drier spells of the film. Now, uh before that or or I guess uh, after that, uh, aside from that, I was looking up the film. I wanted to get some sort some a little more context and read up about it. And I found this article about how Bollywood Is not supporting this movie, and I I I, I'll I completely confess, you know, I don't really know anything about Bollywood. I don't know how it works. I don't know if it's, you know, as much of a boys' club as Hollywood is. I don't know, whatever, whatever, whatever. And uh, Kangana Ranaut, 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 Ranaut. Oh man, I'm I'm the. The lead actress, who is also credited as a director on *Monica: The Queen of Jhansi, uh is, you know, obvi- you know, like I said, a very famous, very successful, and very talented actor in India. And so, it, I, I don't know what is the the uh, I don't know I'm not, I'm not sure what like the political stakes are involved uh, you know in Bollywood and, and how that works but the article caught my eye I read a little bit about it and it does seem very similar to some of the stuff happening here so I thought it would be worth discussing and, and at least bringing up uh, she, has basically called out Bollywood and um, has called them out. Pro- uh, it implies she's done this before uh, for sexism, nepotism, pay parity, and she thing you know she um, she has like called people, called filmmakers uh, intolerant toward outsiders. Uh, flag bearers of nepotism and has kind of, you know, struck a chord uh, both positively and negatively depending on who you are and, you know, whatever and uh, so there's this this disparity and, and this, you know, kind of a one-way street here that's happening so uh, See, I'm just gonna read directly from this article. So this comes from ndtv.com. The article is Kangana Ranaut says she will expose Bollywood for not supporting Monica. Part of it, part towards the end of the article, um, during an interview with Pinkvilla, she says that she's reached out to her. Kangana said that she has reached out to her colleagues previously when their films released, but she gets no response from anyone about her projects. She said these girls send me their trailers uh, and say, "Please watch it." For me, you know, and uh, you know, she lists a couple of examples, and but then they don't have any time for my tra- uh, trailers for my films. You know, I have two to three films coming up, but I don't expect people to write about them. She adds, "This is a very strange sort of a racket. I don't know what they are threatened by." And, and that's kind of... Uh, man, that's kind of shitty, I think. You know, it, it's it's frustrating, you know. And and I just watched a documentary yesterday about female directors, female filmmakers in Hollywood and the struggles and, and challenges they face just getting heard, just getting noticed, just getting recognized, just getting an opportunity to have a chance at the potential for a career like many men who just kind of back their way into them and you know I think this is very much in the same breath the the you know I I think it's very frustrating I think and it's it's just wrong it's just wrong and I've actually I'm trying to like find the original Um, part of it uh, because there's a couple of things going on here so that's one aspect of this is apparently people are not going to see Monte Carnica not just audience members but industry uh, and, and industry personnel are not supporting it in even like a good faith sort of way on the other hand, there is a, a second sort of uh, frustration going on between uh, Kangana Ranaut and Krish. So these are the two credited directors on the film. Uh, this is, according to Letterboxd, the only film that Kangana Ranaut has a director, director's credit for. Krish, this is his ninth. Uh, so, he's made a couple of other films before this. The So, <laughs> this other article, NDTV.com, says, Krish is contesting her claim, uh, made on behalf by her sister, uh, that she directed 70% of the final cut of Mani Karnica, the Queen of Jhansi. And in a recent interview, he said that the entire team knows how much of the film that Krish he, made. Uh, Her Kangana's sister decided that she shot 70% of it. Just how she came to that percentage, I don't know. She simply picked 70 and took off from there. The entire team knows how much of the film I've shot. If she continues making these claims, I'll have to send her copies of my earlier films. I am not a novice of filmmaking. And there's just this, this weird and bizarre situation where... And shoot, let me see. There's um. Yeah, so so in a in the tussle over the film's directing credits, uh, Pooja Bhatt, Bijoy Nambiar, and writer Aparva Azrani, uh have sided with Krish, while actresses Wahida Raymond and Asha Parekh praised Kangana for her work as the film's director. So, like there the, there's this whole thing going on. Uh there was a similar controversy back in 2014 when a previous film that Kangana Ranu made uh, had writing credits. Had a, she shared writing credits with Aparva Azrani, and he, I believe Aparva Azrani is a, a guy, he said he, you know, it, I wrote it. You know, she didn't, whatever. And he's quoted as saying Or tweeting even Her game, her Kangana game Is brutal, she first plays the victim And wins your trust, you give your all Sacrifice all of her work because she seems lovely Then when you're ready with a film you nurtured, created She has you thrown out Then she uses the press and trolls To character assassinate you Uh, Which was the film Simran Um and uh the director Hansel Mehta uh had sided with um Kangana as as being a, a right as deserving a writing credit it just i don't know the truth i don't know the facts i don't know if anyone really does but it seems and again this is 100% speculation so you know if you really Care and want to know And want to have an informed opinion I I think definitely research This I'm Definitely going to like look into this more And and see if I can find any concrete Information about it but I get the I get the sense That You know it's less Of a It doesn't I don't know it's tough to say I, I don't I would say that if this was a uh, a conflict and, and a a um, controversy taking place in Hollywood as opposed to Bollywood. I would assume that it's less of a you didn't deserve this because you didn't do any of the work, and more of a you didn't deserve any of this because you're a woman, and you know how dare you you know trapes on on my domain kind of a thing. I don't know if that's necessarily the situation over in India, if it's the same. It does seem similar, so I wouldn't rule out the uh, the possibility that it's kind of like that. You know, looking at the director support, it feels like the guys are supporting Krish and the women are supporting Kangana. I think... The distinction about what makes a director, how much of the film do you have to have directed to count, you know, you can even look at something like Bohemian Rhapsody. We saw Brian Singer get fired from Bohemian Rhapsody as the director, and they brought Dexter Fletcher on, but Dexter Fletcher's name is not attached to this movie, and I don't know what percentage was his, maybe 20, I think... A small, a very, a relatively small portion of the film, I believe, is credited as having been directed by Dexter Fletcher. But none of it is really credited as having been directed by Dexter Fletcher. So, you know, if it's a matter of percentage, eh, you know, who can say? But if it's a matter of did it happen at all, I think that's a very different question. And... I, I wouldn't know how to begin to kind of solve that question. I, w- looking at the movie, watching the movie, it does not, and this coming from someone who doesn't have a great amount of experience with Bollywood films, but it does not feel like it has a very male gaze perspective. You know, I would have expected a lot more, I don't know. And maybe this isn't the thing in in India, or maybe it it was happening, and it's just not in the same way that I'm used to seeing it in American films. But you would have, I would have expected Kangana's uh, appearance, the the way she's filmed, the angles used to portray her as sexier, uh, more of an object, uh, sort of that sort of thing. But they're not. In my opinion. I think she's very much treated as a real person. She is very much treated as an equal. And given incredibly powerful. And um, cognizant moments. That. You know. Raise her above. Not just men. But just people. As as just more of a. Just a, a very powerful and strong. Person. And. That. Isn't impossible to come from a guy as a director? Ab- ab- absolutely. Like I'm not not at all implying in, 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 in saying that. And I've seen I've seen movies that absolutely treat their female characters and their female actors equal as equals that come from male directors. I've seen very male gazey films that have a female director. So you know it's not a one to one ratio, but. It does seem more likely, in many instances. Again, not not the whole thing, but it does seem like she she had quite a big hand in in how this film was made and how it was, how what what it resulted in and what what came out of it. And uh, I don't know. Like I said, I, I definitely need to look into this more and, and understand it better to to really draw uh, an even semi-informed conclusion. Again, like, this is mostly me scanning some of these uh, articles and tweets. Um, the director, so going back to the film that she got a partial writing credit for. Uh, the the controversy resurfaced uh, a couple of weeks ago with the new controversy from Monica Carnica. The director of Simran tweeted, Many people keep dragging me into the controversies into the controversies around Kangana Ranaut that seem to erupt from time to time. For the last time, Simran is a closed chapter as far as I am concerned. The details of what really transpired during the film will remain a painful chapter of my life that might find their way in a memoir someday, but will never become a source of somebody's vicarious pleasure on social media. I chose to remain silent before the film released because there was no way I could sabotage a film uh, that had efforts of so many people. Of so many people at stake, uh, I chose. Let's see here, da, 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 I chose to remain silent after the release because I was relieved that the film was finally out, and I did not want to relive what I had endured. I had to move on for my own sanity. The past two years have been difficult, very difficult. These years have impacted me financially, mentally, and physically. I am dealing with my losses in the most constructive manner possible and the only way I know. By moving on, by living a fuller life, by working doubly hard, and by steering clear of people whose presence in my personal and professional life could be toxic. Life is too short for grudges, and I will try my best to hold none. To each his own. A prayer for peace and happiness to all. Heartfelt gratitude to family, friends, and colleagues for always being there and a special thank you to those who revel in calling me names. The attention you give me is indeed flattering. Uh... and and you know it, it kind of i don't know like looking at some of the reactions here a lot of people seem to support kangana and i don't know it, if i could liken it to to someone uh, in the states Maybe uh, Alexandra uh, Ocasio-Cortez And some of the flack that she A lot of the flack that she gets uh, From Republicans For Her outspokenness um, Whether you you support her or not uh, uh, You know, she gets flack Justified or not, not taking a side on this But just saying that the The, the comparison is there And I don't know, it's a conversation worth having, and and the problem is, I think a lot of the times that many of the people who uh, who who are voicing their opinions on issues like this, Hollywood or Bollywood, are people who are in the system, right? These are people who are within the industry who are either uh, a um, trying to cover up the the corruption within, if there is any, or or B, you that they're trying to to protect the the integrity of you know the other the people of their gender, or C, you know they can't you can't trust what they're saying either side, you know maybe they're just I think you're they're too close. And it's 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 nice to have you know the judgment of one's peers, but it's you know it's it's akin to you know uh, uh, you can't really have a fair trial uh, on slavery when everyone adjudicating on whether or not something was slavery are slave owners, kind of a thing, and. You wouldn't. You also couldn't get a fair trial if they were all if all the people in the um, jury were were slaves. Like it, you, you can't. You have to find people completely removed from the issue, and I don't know that you can. I don't know. Maybe you can't. I don't know. This is a long tangent, but I don't know. I, I think it's meaningful, and I'm very interested. Uh, long story short. Long, long story long. I'm very interested in Kangana Ranaut. I think she has a lot of talent, uh, and and some and has, especially in in this film, the only film I've seen, shown herself to be very capable as an action heroine, hero, I guess, uh, and I I hope to to see more of her in other films. And I don't know. I I sometimes say this, and I think it's wrong of me to do so. That you know, I hope that they find success uh, in a grander audience, you know, in American audiences. But I don't think that really matters. I think she's already incredibly successful, and she doesn't need American films to to further her career. It doesn't sound like, Uh, and I, I imagine many of the problems she's having in bollywood would also be happening in hollywood so so there's not really much of a reprieve to come over here either uh, that said i'm going to watch more of her i'm going to check out at least you know some a couple more of her fil- some of her films and maybe you don't watch mona Karnica. i don't know but she's got a t- she's got uh, Eleven films currently on Letterboxd that are more popular than *Monica* right now. Uh, the most popular being a film called *Queen* from 2013, and yeah, I would say watch that instead if if you want to. I don't know, check her out. I think she's worth a look. Okay, um, that is my review of *Monica*, the Queen of Jaunty. Whew. Uh, thank you for listening to today's episode I, I, I do appreciate it If you would like to discuss with me Any of this 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 stuff From controversy to film Whatever uh, Find me on Twitter at Circle of Film Send me an email at gmail.com, uh, Or follow me on Letterboxd uh, Username Circle of Film uh, There will be a review for this film Very shortly on Letterboxd And if you would like to uh, Find more episodes Circlefilm.com and uh, iTunes and other places like that. You can also rate and review on iTunes. That is greatly appreciated and means a lot to me. And alternatively, uh, if you are so benevolent, you can support the show on patreon.com/slash circlefilm for as little as eight cents an episode. Thank you so much for listening. And as always, have a week. So long, farewell. I'll be the same. And Norris, she'll never leave me, even as she fades from view. So long, farewell, I'll be to Saint Nothing's really left or lost without a trace. Nothing's gone forever, only... Wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute So long